Welcome to The Art of Charm. I'm your host, Jordan Harbinger, and I'm here with producer Jason DeFilippo. Here at The Art of Charm, we may not have all the answers, but we certainly have some of the questions. And today on Fan Mail Friday, those questions come from you. All right, let's cut to it. Hey, Jordan, I've been listening long enough to know that you've set up your life in a great way. Created the show, lived in tons of places, and travel a bunch. What do you still do each day that you actually don't like? Signed, Curious Charlie. Email. Yeah, yeah, good call. (laughs) Email, for sure. Um, But I don't actually mind writing email. I just don't like blocking off time for it. I don't mind writing and answering it, but whatever. That's a whole different rabbit hole. Probably 90% of what I do is something I don't necessarily like. And this is in service, of course, of my goals. I know a lot of people, especially when I go to these entrepreneur conferences, they kind of gasp. They're like, what? You don't like everything that you're doing? You don't love every second of, of what you're doing here at work or your job? This is in service of our goals, my goals. You have to do lots of things that you don't like a lot of the time if you want to achieve great things later. I'll repeat that. You have to do a lot of things you don't like, and you have to do those things a lot of the time if you want to achieve great things later. doesn't mean you have to hate things in your life. doesn't mean you have to hate your job, but you do have to be comfortable doing things you don't always love in order to be healthy. For example, I mean, going to the gym and eating right, it doesn't feel great in the moment a lot of the time. It's a long-term thinking. You have to do that to be healthy. You have to do that to build wealth. It's easier to buy the latest, greatest gadget than it is to save up and invest in a proper way. You have to do that to live a lifestyle that's fulfilling, etc. So, look, changing diapers on kids is a classic example. Nobody likes doing that, but people don't go, you know what, this whole kids, well, I mean, I was, I would say nobody. A lot of people think the kids thing is overrated, and here we are procreating like we never have. But <laughs> we're changing those diapers in service of a greater goal later on down the line. And so if you ever think, well, you know, I'm doing this stuff, and I read in some entrepreneur book that I've got to like everything that I do or somehow I'm failing, it's BS. You've got to do a lot of things you don't like, not necessarily things you hate, in service of larger goals. Do not forget that. Always plan for the long term over the short term in terms of success. All right, next up. Jordan, why are you on such a crazy quest for self-awareness? Isn't ignorance bliss sometimes as long as you're hitting your goals? Yeah, it actually is, and I think about this all the time. It definitely is, but just not for me. This type of thing, the show, the self-awareness, the analysis of problems, the figuring out of solutions, this is an obsession for me. And it allows me to see why I do, what I do, what others do, and it allows me to adjust. And this whole reading people thing, as soon as I even realized it was possible, just became an absolute, absolute obsession. I think it's a massive, massive advantage for everyone as well, but... Only if you can keep a lid on it and not let it become an obsession like it is with me. I think I've actually gone a little bit too far in that direction. Uh, For me, I actively try to distract myself, to learn other things rather than just obsessing over my own behavior and that of those around me. I like, you know, the interview. I literally interview and interact with others so I can obsess and deconstruct their behavior too. I don't think everyone has to live this way, but I do think that, yeah, the 80-20 rule for sure, if you can learn to read people, if you can learn to read yourself and adjust, which is essentially what we're teaching here at The Art of Charm on the show, that's what this whole program is about, I think that is a very healthy level to focus on this stuff. I don't think that uh, being turning it up to 11 like we have here in the company 
is necessarily healthy for everyone. But I think a lot of the things that I really get into, are pro- I probably do take a lot of it too far. So I think that's just my personality. But yes, that's why I'm on such a crazy quest for self-awareness. Yes, it has diminishing returns. And yes, for many folks, ignorance really is bliss uh, in that respect. But I think only a 20% ignorance, not a total ignorance of this, will we'll help you keep that advantage without driving yourself nuts. All right, Jason, next up. To the Art of Charm, hello, I'm a 43-year-old male who retired from the United States Army five years ago. During my time in the military, I've been involved in multiple peacekeeping, humanitarian, and drug interdiction deployments, not to mention my five deployments to Iraq and one to Afghanistan. While I was serving, I was diagnosed with PTSD, depression, and also anxiety disorder, so I began to seek treatment between my deployments. There was never any consistency during my treatment due to time constraints between deployments, high turnover rate of medical staff, and just the sheer amount of other service members and veterans trying to seek treatment. The end result was treatment through medication. They would continually switch to different medication combinations and doses in hopes of finding a combination that worked. My daughter would often refer to the medication as DSS, which meant Daddy's Special Skittles. Upon retiring, I was continuing my treatment with the local VA hospital. The result was the same. In the five years since my retirement, I've had more bad days than good, more sleepless nights, trouble integrating myself into the civilian sector, trouble connecting with people, and two failed marriages. The upside is that I've been able to maintain my job of five years primarily due to the discipline I gained in the military, and I met my current wife. Yes, yes, I know, three marriages, but in my defense, my current wife took the time to learn about my condition and has taken me by the hand on our journey to find myself again. She's gotten me into therapy and attend sessions with me every week. I started to listen to Audible self-help books, but quickly found out that a lot of the books just repeated each other and did not provide practical applications. John Gordon's The Energy Bus, The Carpenter, The No Complaining Rule, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People, and Marvin Carlin's and Jack Schaefer's The Like Switch did get the rusty cogs between my ears turning, though. I applied some of the techniques from these books and began to see subtle changes in my moods, interaction with people, and my job. I was ecstatic and began to believe there was hope. I knew to make it, I was going to need reinforcement with practical applications. I knew there were so many self-help books out there that finding another one would just be like trying to find a needle in a haystack. Then I thought, maybe a podcast might be the way to go. Little did I know that finding a podcast to suit my needs was just as daunting, so I scrolled, scrolled, and scrolled some more through countless podcasts. None of them could keep my attention. As my finger began to blister from scrolling, and my touchscreen began to overheat, I began to give up. I told myself just one more, and I started to listen to The Art of Charm. From the moment The Art of Charm podcast started, I was intrigued. I noticed right away that even though there was a guest backstory, the tempo was upbeat. The segments blended useful, real-time tools for life, knowledgeable guests, humorous stories, and just a genuine willingness to want to help others. It didn't matter what segment I listened to, I could take away some nugget of information and apply it to my life. After a couple of weeks of listening to The Art of Charm, my wife and therapist began to notice a change in the way I handled my depression and anxiety. They were shocked that someone that was so doom and gloom could find the positive in the challenges in their life. My wife noticed that I began to sleep better and had less night sweats or nightmares. When faced with adversity, I started to look for solutions rather than pity. She also noticed that when we were out, that my disposition towards people had changed and I was interacting with more people and not being so guarded. The changes in me seemed to reduce my depression and anxiety, which in turn made me a more loving, caring, and understanding man. I know the road is long and my PTSD, depression, and anxiety disorder will never go away, and there will be good days and bad days. 
I know in my heart of hearts that if I continue to listen to The Art of Charm and apply the tools that your podcast provides, my good days will grossly outnumber the bad ones. Thank you for what you do, the information you provide, and caring for others. Very respectfully, once was a soup sandwich, but on my way to becoming a BLT. I don't know. Is that a military thing? I feel like those guys are always talking about things that just in total crypt, cryptic language. BLT, soup sandwich. Well, I know what a, ba- a BLT is a bacon, lettuce, and tomato, but a soup sandwich is, uh, you know, that's got to be a very messy lunch you're having right there, trying to keep the soup on the bread. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what he means. Now I'm hungry, though. This letter is incredible. Uh, taking these actions, first of all, just major props to you as well. Taking these actions is a virtuous cycle and i i agree with you man like getting out of my own shell was something that was very difficult that took years and years and years and years and going back to the question earlier about diminishing returns and why i'm on such a crazy quest for this i think in many ways i'm making up for lost time you know i spent so much time being an introvert being shy being afraid to do things being afraid to try things being afraid to fail that was a huge victory for me to figure out how to do that and yeah so i think i've got my foot down you know, pedal to the metal to do that, the repetition, the trusting, the process, you know, this working at this thing for for years and years, a decade and change, and just working on yourself constantly and every day is uh, is something that really can only happen once you trust the process. So props to you, major. And I'm really glad that this helps vets as well. Uh, It's the least we can do to support the troops. I, you know, I haven't served. I'm not a veteran. Um, and I just I, I realized teaching a lot of veterans, which is what we do often at the Art of Charmer and speaking engagements and things like that, you know, spending years of your life to to aid us and to support the country in this way is massively admirable. So I'm just glad to be able to give back even a little bit. Lots of people have stickers on their car for that, but uh, I don't think those do much most of the time. So I am very, very glad to hear how this is affecting you. And thank you so much for writing this in. Oh, by the way, I want to make a little note here. A lot of people have been asking us here on AOC how to reconcile the concept of micro-expressions from Dr. Paul Ekman, you know, the reading micro-expressions that show lie to me, with what we heard on the show from Dr. Lisa Feldman Barrett. In other words, that universal emotions don't really exist, emotional facial expressions, things like that are not universal across cultures and across humans. Dr. Ekman says that facial expressions are universal, as are micro-expressions, tiny, almost imperceptible facial expressions that show us how people feel. That's what micro-expressions are, if you're not sure about that. Uh, However, Dr. Feldman Barrett says that emotions are not universal across cultures, which means that facial expressions also cannot be universal. So what's the deal? So I actually asked her about this, and here's what she had to say. Dear Jordan, thanks for your email. I cover Paul Ekman's research in chapters one and three of my book. The strongest test of whether scowls are universally perceived as anger, pouts as sadness, and so on, tests participants in remote parts of the world who are not familiar with the American culture. There are a number of such experiments published, some from our lab, which show very clearly that facial expressions are not universal. Dr. Ekman's research uses a method that inadvertently teaches participants to perceive emotions in faces in an American way which conveniently just happens to be what Dr. Ekman and others presume is universal. When this aspect of the experiment is removed, the evidence for universal expressions dissolves like a tablet in water. Best wishes. So this doesn't totally invalidate the concept of microexpressions. At least I hope it doesn't. What this does mean most likely is that microexpressions vary from culture to culture. And if you can read them like I can and you've spent time training yourself, you just have to be very aware that you're most likely only able to read them accurately 
when they're expressed by people from the culture in which you've been trained to read them. So in other words, if you've done Dr. Ekman's, I think it's called METT program, and you've scored 100 and you spent a lot of time on it, you can read American or Western cultural microexpressions at best and not necessarily, you know, the the people in Asia that you're doing business with or things like that. It might not necessarily translate. And uh, also, however, given that the huge flaw in the study of microexpressions, or at least this this hole in the study of microexpressions, the entire concept is now kind of dragged into question. So I'd be interested to hear what Dr. Ekman thinks about that. Microexpressions may be something that we take as, you know, with a grain of salt as a result of studies like this, depending on how useful they've been for you. If you can confirm that they're working for you, great. But uh, it does seem like there needs to be more science on this. And man, Jason, I feel like we're on a roll. I mean, first we found out that Amy Cuddy's power posing is not supported by a lot of real science and people can't replicate the results. Now there are holes in microexpressions. Yikes. What's next? I don't know. What this shows, though, is that science is continuously evolving and that also these simple little gimmicks and tricks that a lot of people will write about. And I'm not saying either of these things are gimmicks or tricks, but a lot of things you see maybe in a TED talk, for example, the TEDx talk, they, they are. And they're often not what they're cracked up to be, especially if they're written in some hokey, you know, new agey self-help book. In other words, when people want to sell you a book or sell you a system on reading people or nonverbal communication, things are almost always more complex than they may be letting on. So if you do take part, just be sure that you're aware that things might not be so black and white. And we try to take that into consideration whenever we train a skill here at AOC, whenever we train something on the show. But uh, I think it's still worth talking with all these folks because, of course, you never know what's going to be proven right and wrong in the future. That doesn't mean you shouldn't work on learning all of these things and, and using them if you can. Over the last 17 years, we have launched our fair share of online courses, coaching programs, and finding the right platform has always been a challenge. They say if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. But if you're an entrepreneur, you know the hard work that comes with it. That's why you need Kajabi. Kajabi makes it easy to run your entire online business from one platform so you can focus on what you love, creating. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and more. The best part? Kajabi doesn't cut into your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. So keep 100% of what you earn. And with Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates all built in. You don't even need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash charm. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash charm. Go to kajabi.com slash charm and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. Johnny, we know if you listen to the show, you are driven. In fact, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data. And a matching engine 
that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to recent Indeed survey. We have hired a lot of team members over the last 17 years. Going through endless resumes, well, that's a time sink. But you know what else is a time sink? Interviewing endless people, because they're all going to give you the best face forward. That's why we love Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash charm. Just go to Indeed.com slash charm right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash charm. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, next up. Jordan, I think you're out of line on supporting the idea that people on the flight should have blocked the aisle in protest. This is in regards to Fan Mail Friday number 113, which we will have linked up in the show notes. Normally, I'm with you on almost everything. I'm an engineer who rose to the top of the company, made a lot of money, and choose to retire at 60 a year ago from a fun job that was just starting to wear on me since I was basically on call 24-7, 365. Now I have four side gigs that are fun and challenging and make money I don't need, but they challenge my mind and demand creativity from me, which I need to stay young at heart and brain. That is not to humble brag, but to locate me within the community of people you serve as someone who has achieved a lot of what your tribe aspires to using many of the principles you teach. Probably that's why I agree with you usually. You preach the kind of things I've done to succeed, although with much more grace and style. This time, no, not in the least. Air travel is an area where we all give up our civil rights because it is a privilege and not a right to fly. Think about it. We voluntarily get x-rayed, drug and explosive sniffed, have to produce our identity papers, and agree to ridiculous terms to purchase a ticket. But we agree to them because past experience has shown, without controls, terrorists and criminals can easily take lives. That said, every airline has a right, which you've expressly agreed to when you bought the ticket, to throw you off any flight. No shirt, no shoes, no flying. And if you refuse to obey the order to leave, then you may be charged with a felony. Now, if you want to take civil action to protest, then the time and place is after it happened in front of the airline office or in court with your lawyer. The aisle of an airplane is never, ever a reasonable place to protest. The guy deserved to be dragged out because he was violating a major federal law that has saved many lives. Yeah, the airlines are jerks, no question. But in this case, the passenger was 10 times the jerk, and I don't see why you didn't make that point. But you are a very smart guy, and I suspect I'm missing something or misunderstood your position. Thanks for what you do, Steve. Hey, Steve. Actually, I think I was just unclear, and now you can tell we're a couple weeks behind on uh, Fan Mail Friday, right? People are like, this still going on? (laughs) But when we got this, it was like heat of the moment, probably days after when we had thrown out our other Fan Mail uh, Friday reply on what we thought about that. I think I was just unclear on this one. Don't I am not a fan of resisting authority by force. You will lose. Uh, That's why we set up our authorities to have a monopoly on violence in many ways. Do so in court or by expressing yourself on a platform like we are doing now. And you're right. Giving up certain rights for travel, privilege, etc. 
very great points here. I'm a fan of strong opinions loosely held, and I love hearing feedback like this. So, no, I was just unclear. I don't think that people should uh, have resisted right there. I do think people should have helped in a different way in the ways that I explained, but I won't I won't beat this over the head because we did talk about it on that show. Which reminds me, a lot of people have commented that we take feedback really well on this show just in general and often showcase when we are wrong. I really appreciate you noticing that. I think uh, it's great because a lot of people get confused, especially these marketer guys that I know. They're always like, why are you always admitting the times that you're wrong or when things aren't up to date anymore? I don't feel like you should do that. I also appreciate when you agree or disagree or point things out in a constructive way. For me, I think that's super useful. And there's this Chinese phrase, which means that teachers are not necessarily more capable than students. I love this phrase. It's like some old, you know, you got to be wearing a chi pao in the Confucian school or something like that to, to really internalize this. But basically what this means, according to my Chinese teacher anyway, is that just because I'm the one with the microphone doesn't mean that I'm always going to be right, of course. And it's certainly the way that I like to think that we're not trying to always be correct. We're here to learn from you uh, about a lot of these things in which you are experts and which you, in which you have opinions. Uh, and we are good at what we're good at and we teach what we're good at. But a lot of the things we're talking about here, especially on Fan Mail Friday, are opinions. Uh, opinions based on experience of which a lot of you out there, especially, you know, like Steve, who's uh, significantly more mature than I am, apparently, in a few ways and has been around longer, definitely has as well. So I really appreciate this type of outreach and I appreciate you all speaking from your experience while you're listening to us speak from ours. Yeah, if we were always right, we would definitely uh, we would probably not be here. We'd be uh, trading the stock market all the time. Exactly, <laughs> or we, you know, we'd be selling some crap product online if we wanted to pretend like we were right all the time. Oh yeah, that's a, that's uh, that's how that works. If you want to be a guru that's unassailable, you start writing sales copy or something like that. All right, next one. All right, this is kind of an amalgamation of a bunch of feedback that we've gotten. So we just put it into one little line here for you, Jordan. Are you ready? Yes. I can't get the training I need because it's in another state. Yeah, or country, or it's too far, even though it's in the same state. I get this all the time. Hey, let me know if you're ever going to come to Ireland, or if, hey, let me know when you're going to come to Arizona, and I'll do it then. This is a very weak, self-limiting, and self-defeating mindset. Successful people don't give a rat's ass if they need to drive three or four hours or eight hours or whatever, or take a plane or inconvenience themselves or block off a weekend when they usually do their gardening or, you know, I can't get a babysitter. I understand that. But just stop whining about how you're a six-hour drive away from something that you need to do in order to advance your career. You'd go to Mexico for a vacation, but you won't go to California from Texas to get the training you need to move forward. Maybe you deserve to be where you are right now if that's your mindset. And I, I hate victim blaming and all that stuff. Look, if you got a, if there's something that you consider to be a real excuse, that's fine. But it's, that's your issue. Being too far away from something physically is just, ah, it is such a non-issue in this day and age. It, it's the most ridiculous excuse that you're telling yourself. And if you believe it, it's limiting you in so many ways. I will go to the other side of the earth for the right type of conference, the right type of meeting, the right type of training. If you're in North America or Europe, you can get here so easily. It's just unbelievable. It's it's completely ludicrous that you wouldn't. We had a, a meetup in Vegas, and I won't harp on this too long. We had a meetup in Las Vegas a while ago. A guy came from Australia from Friday to Sunday 
to Las Vegas to come to an event we were having. And then he signed up for boot camp for a few months after that and flew again from Australia to L.A. for a week because he couldn't get away for longer. He had a job. And I've got people who could drive here in four hours and say they just don't have time. It's just such a load of crap. The only person who believes that is you and the only person at limits is you. And so if you find yourself making these types of excuses for anything in your life, oh, I can't get to this, I can't go to that, just think about it. You'd go to another country for a vacation, but you won't do a drive. This just That is not what successful people who achieve some semblance of real purpose and, and dare I say, greatness in some way in their lives. They just don't think like that. Those things do not stop them. I'm not saying everybody's unstoppable, but what I am saying is distance physically from something is an absolutely ridiculous excuse in this day and age. Yeah. Get off your ass. Get off the couch. Put down the Netflix Get on a plane, get in the exactly. car and drive. I don't I, it's countless between between the two of us. How many conferences, conventions we've gone to to learn over the years? Yeah. I mean, I know I've flown to Singapore for a one day meeting and came back yeah. just because it was that important to me to learn from the people I was going to meet. And even at our last mastermind in Nashville, we had people over from Europe for, you know, just a couple of days that, that wanted to learn from the other guys in the room. It's it's silly. There is no excuse Get off your ass, get in the car, get on a plane, and learn. Yeah. I, I Look, I go travel all the time across the country just to do that. And this isn't like, um, I understand that money can be a limiting thing. That's fine. But don't tell yourself it's location, just like you shouldn't tell yourself it's money when it's clearly your own fear or whatever else is stopping you. Stop believing the easy excuses. It's such a weak it, it You do that stuff when you're in your teens, maybe when you're in your 20s. If you're 25, 35, and you're still doing this, knock it off. All right, next up. Dear Jordan, writing to you from Bangalore, India. I wanted to thank you and the entire team at The Art of Charm for the amazing work that you do and how AOC has changed my life. I work at a sustainability farm and college in India, and I have to walk 10 to 15 kilometers every day to get to it. Yeah, see, some people are willing to travel. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, seriously. Listening to podcasts on deep work, empathy, and so many interesting insights into the human mind have really transformed me. It's helped me through some rough times and given me the self-confidence to be the best version of me, without once going into cheesy self-help territory or talking in platitudes. Your demeanor is rational, cut and dry, but I can sense such a deep caring for people not just around you, but around the world. I think it's important to appreciate and acknowledge the people and initiatives that have transformed one as a human being and are in the business of creating global and social impact. So this is my thank you to you, Jason, and the entire team at The Art of Charm for the wonderful work that you do. With love from Bangalore, a deal. You know, I could respond to so much in here. I The guy walks 10 to 15 kilometers. How many miles is that? Yeah, it's about 7 to 10, 7 to 12. Okay, every day mm-hmm. to, to get to work. And he's got to walk home. Right, yeah. So that makes the whole, oh, I can't do X because it's too far sound even more ridiculous, doesn't it? Yep. I mean, I, I could reply to a lot of that, but I'm literally, I'm just going to leave that there. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, I want it before I forget, I'm headed to Lithuania and Estonia, sorry, Latvia, this summer, and I'm looking for diplomatic connections or fun things to do that you can't really look up, or, and I want to have to you know, grab a lonely planet and sift through that if there's something surprising and cool in there. I'll also be in Sweden a little bit, but uh, I'm probably going to have more time to check out Lithuania and Estonia. So if you know anything or have any connections there, do let me know. Jordan at theartofcharm.com. 
Hope you all enjoyed that. Don't forget, you can email us at Friday at theartofcharm.com to get your questions answered on the air. I keep everyone anonymous. You can either make up your own funny name or we can do it. It does seem that Jason and I are a little bit less creative than you all. So just keep that in mind. If you want to leave it to us, we're probably not going to do as good of a job as you on that. If you've got your own advice for some of the people you've heard from today, let me know. If it's something that can help everyone, I may read it on the show. A link to the show notes for this episode can be found at theartofcharm.com slash FM. MF117. I'd love to hear from you. I'm on Twitter at The Art of Charm. It's a great way to engage with the show. Jason, you're on Twitter? I am on Twitter at JPDEF. That is J-P-D-E-F. And you can also catch my podcast, Grumpy Old Geeks, every Monday. We're in the podcast one app, iTunes, or go to GOG.show to find out more. Also, don't forget about the Art of Charm Challenge. Text the word charmed, charmed, to 33444, or go to theartofcharm.com slash challenge. We're taking you step-by-step, becoming better at making personal and professional connections, becoming a better networker, increasing your social capital, your charisma, as for both guys and gals, is free and is designed to get you off your bum. Text the word charmed, C-H-A-R-M-E-D, to 33444 in the States, or go to theartofcharm.com. Quick shout-out to General Stanley McChrystal. He hit the bestsellers list once again after his episode on Art of Charm aired. That's pretty awesome. Congratulations. We're happy to have helped you reach more people and be recognized for your work and your service. And Kelly, who listens to AOC while doing her makeup. The show is an hour long, girl. How much makeup are you smearing on yourself over there? Are you in a strange land listening to my familiar voice? If so, hit me up. I'll shout you out. More from AOC at theartofcharm.com, including info on our live residential boot camps that we run every single week here in L.A. If you really want to dig into this stuff and work on your AOC skills with us as your coaches, check it out at theartofcharm.com slash bootcamp. Now stay charming, get out there and connect, and leave everyone better than you found them.